This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Rhett Gillins. He's in the restaurant industry and he feels stuck. He wants to start his own software business. So congratulations, Rhett, for your guys' chance to win 100 bucks every Monday morning. Simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now in order to enter and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you subscribed. Folks, many of you reach out to me and you say, Nathan, so many guests on your show talk about the importance of batching. But whenever I try and batch, you tell me this. You go, Nathan, they don't book back-to-back times. So you, or they don't show up after they book. It's frustrating. The answer is, guys, you have to use smart tools. I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. I'll tell you specifically how I use it later on in the episode. Nathan Latke here. Don't forget to tell all your friends to listen to the top podcast on their holiday travels. It's great and educational and a lot of fun. And coming up tomorrow morning, it's no different. We have Alexander Gramnew Mueller. They've raised $120 million. Okay. We have amazing guests, right? $120 million. They're helping a million consumers get over a hundred million bucks in credit lines who have no other choice. His company is called Credit Tech. Top Tribe, good morning, Nathan Latka here. Our guest today is Bart Larang, and he is a proven entrepreneur, executive, and manager in the global technology industry. He's very active in the startup technology community as an angel investor, strategic advisor, and speaker at many industry events. In fact, he supports entrepreneurs as his, his, in his co-founder position and managing director at V1.VC, a $5 million seed stage fund dedicated to, again, helping crazy entrepreneurs change the world. But more importantly... He's an entrepreneur himself. He's currently running Full Contact and is responsible for communicating its vision and strategy. He's a visionary technologist with extensive experience conceiving, designing, building, marketing, and selling enterprise software solutions on a global scale. Bart, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. All right, let's do this. Tell us first, what does Full Contact do? And then get into how do you make money? So Full Contact is a universal contact management platform. Uh, We essentially unify all your contacts in one place keep them automatically up to date and sync them everywhere for you or your business. And and then walk us through the revenue model. Is it pay as you go? Is it SaaS? How do you make money? Yeah, so it's essentially SaaS uh, and you basically pay for number of contacts under management. So we have a free tier and then above a certain threshold, like a thousand contacts, you pay us, you know, 60 bucks a year and then business accounts uh, pay because they have lots more contacts under management than developers can actually pay for access to the developer platform as well. Which one right now is kind of your biggest revenue stream, the developers and the API access or the kind of like a business facing uh, brand? Yeah, so the uh, the developer access is actually our largest revenue stream. Uh, we have over 40,000 developer partners that have uh, plugged full contact into their applications. Yeah, that uh, it, we didn't, I didn't tell you this beforehand. That's actually how you came across my radar. Um, I had done due diligence on a lot of companies and I kept seeing when I was in their general ledger payments to full contact. And I'm going, who are these full contact guys? <laughs> well, that's good. To hear. That's a good thing. To, yeah, I was going to say that's a good thing to hear. <laughs> All right. Well, walk us through. Let's focus on the business side first, not the developer side. So you said people are paying you based off kind of a value metric. That's how you're increasing ARPU is based off number of contacts. Is there anything else that you use to drive ARPU increases? 
Yeah, I mean, we have certain uh, capabilities and features uh, that we gate, um, like how many address books you're actually plugging in. Uh, we have other capabilities like business card transcription, which we use human beings to double and triple check transcriptions, which is another value add. Uh, we have other you know, services like our company API and our person API we provide. And so a, a variety of features, but we have a core metric around number of contacts. Okay, great. And then before we get into kind of understanding more story about the business, give us an example, if you can actually name the company uh, that's using you on kind of in that format. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got, uh, like, for example, HubSpot uses us uh, and plugs in HubSpot into full contact infrastructure to provide um, contact, sort of the full contact information about people uh, in the HubSpot applications. So, for example, like in the, maybe their sidekick product inside of Gmail on the sidebar, that, that information they're yes. showing might be verified by you. Yes. Yes. Or, lead, or leads that come in the HubSpot marketing application, right? So that salespeople don't have to go search for that information themselves. Understood. Got it. And okay, so tell us more kind of about the story. So what year did you found the business in? Uh, 2010, I founded the business. And uh, it was really just to solve my problem, right? As a, an entrepreneur, as a hustler, as somebody who's dealt with contacts for a long, long time, I was just annoyed that I didn't have a unified central database that was always up to date for me or for my business. And there was no application other than actually focused on contacts. If you think about it, all the SaaS applications focus on something else as the core transaction. Right? MailChimp focuses on sending emails. Salesforce focuses on sort of opportunities. Um, NetSuite focuses on financial general ledger. And contacts are sort of like, oh, we have to have that. So let's build a generic table. But it's not really very intelligent. And so we had we want to add contact intelligence as a layer that unified that data from all these different services. And do you remember, Bart, uh, what your 20... I always love asking this. It's usually embarrassing. But what was your 2010, your first year revenue? Do you remember? <laughs> I think it was probably like two or $3,000. Okay. It's not horrible. At least you didn't lose money, right? All right. Two or three, yeah. two or three thousand bucks. And give us some more for you know people here listening. Some people are stuck in corporate trying to get out or they're students thinking about starting a business instead of you know getting a job. Give us context. Like you got into this because you said you had this problem yourself as an entrepreneur. Did you, were you running a business before this? And if so, what to do? Yeah. Um, so I've had a couple businesses in my career uh, before that. Before this, I was running an, an MDM system integration company, Bootstrap for 13 years. Before that, I was running a web design tech firm. So I had I had run multiple businesses before, and I just decided that I wanted to solve my own problem with contacts. That makes I mean, it makes good sense. What is the... Uh, you mentioned that you bootstrapped the last one. Have you guys uh, fundraised, or are you still bootstrapped in full contact? Uh, yeah, full contact. We definitely fundraised. We went the venture capital route because I sort of looked at the size of the problem. I said, whoa, this is way too big to bootstrap. Um, that was our assessment. And we've raised about $50 million today. Okay, that's an important uh, that's an important kind of assessment you made. You, you said you, you looked at the market and you said, whoa, that's too big to bootstrap. Someone listening right now, how can they look at that market and tell if it's too big to bootstrap? <laughs> well, question, you, but. <laughs> it's all it's all about the size of your vision and how fast you want to execute it. So we looked at it and said we want to be the world's global contact management platform um, and looked at the data data set we'd have to acquire and build. And we looked at the technology we have to build and we said, yeah, it really doesn't. And we looked at the competitive landscape where we actually have to compete with all the generic offerings, right? Everything that Apple or Microsoft or Google come up with. And we said, look, this is going to take a lot of capital to, to get there to where we even have a viable product. So you sort of just have to say, you know, when will customers pay for it? 
and how fast do you want to go and um, do some financial sensitivity analysis. And, um, but it's, there's no, there's no one size that fits all. And also what kind of lifestyle do you want? Um, do you want to be in the double or triple your size of your company every year? Cause it's incredibly stressful and make those decisions um, sort of thoughtfully. Uh, what, where are you in life right now? How old are you? Are you married, single, you have kids? I'm, I'm 37. I'm married and I have a two and a half year old son. Ooh, okay. That, <laughs> you got your hands full. Um, so take a, take us back. You talked about kind of customer base. Where are you guys at today in terms of total customers you're serving? Oh, we've got, uh, we've got millions and millions of customers. Um, and then, you know, a lot of them are free customers, but, uh, uh, so we've got tens and tens of thousands of paying customers. Okay. Well, like, would you say above 50,000 or below? Yeah. Both? For sure. Yeah. Above 50,000. Yes. No, no, uh, Bart, sorry. I, I'm going to cut out there. I said, are you above 50,000 or below? Above 50,000 customers. Yes. So above 50,000 customers, you said you have 2 million free users. What's included in the free plan and, and how are you using that kind of as lead gen? Yeah. So what's included in the free plan is you can connect one of your address books. So it, one of iCloud or exchange or Google, uh, you get, you know, five business cards a month, you get a thousand contacts of storage. Uh, you get some basic capability, uh, but the premium plan actually offers you much more in terms of connecting up to five address books gets you 50 business cards a month, gets you email signature extraction, unifies your contacts continuously, um, has a lot more capable features for, for professionals. And what are these folks? I mean, it sounds like you've got a wide variety of kind of ARPU, monthly ARPU ranges based off number of contacts. But if you had to take a weighted average, what would you say the average uh, customer is paying you per month? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think it's probably... Um, uh, if I did wait it, it's probably somewhere around, you know, a couple hundred dollars. A month. Okay. Okay. And again, uh, you kind of hesitate when you said that. Is just that just because you have such a wide variety? Yeah, such a wide variety. I don't even, I sort of always measure by segments, so I don't even do the weighted average. Okay. But that's, that's valuable. But walk us down kind of what cohorts are you, are you kind of uh, uh, separating out? Sure. So obviously our individual customers who actually use our applications and understanding those different demographics in terms of are they, premium, where do they live, that sort of thing. And then when we get into our teams plans, we have different uh, sort of sets of teams that pay us more for that, the application. And then we start getting into the uh, larger developers and larger enterprise accounts huh. that pay us anywhere from you know $100 a month to $20,000 a month. And we separate those into different industries, different use cases, marketing, sales, customer services, use cases, different industries like retail, CPG, e-commerce, I mean, wow. so, and then software partners. So we have a thing that's very unique about our business. We got a very, very broad um, universal platform with lots of different verticals we sell into. And that's, that's, that's not traditional, but it's, it's how we operate. And is it fair? I mean, is the math as simple as doing about around a $200 ARPU times, you know, greater than 50,000 customers to say you guys are doing greater than 10 million bucks in MRR currently? Does that math work? Uh, I'm not sure if that math works. I'd have to double check that. But. Okay. What? What? Uh, you feel free to give it to us as you know, as a range or whatever. But about what size are you guys in terms of MRR? Well, we're we're well over seven figures. Okay, uh, well over but, seven. Uh, we don't, yeah, we don't disclose our our, our figures uh, publicly. So we'll say we'll say, but to extend ten million, you sound surprised. But we'll say somewhere between one million and ten million. Is that a fair enough range? No, we're not, not IPO. We're not quite at IPO. <laughs> <laughs> What's the number companies have to get to? You think in kind of the SaaS enterprise SaaS space right now to IPO in terms of ARR? Uh, I think you have to be uh, one hundred and fifty million ARR really? right now. That much? So realistically, yeah. I just I just think so. I think that with the um, you know recent like uh, IPOs of say Twilio and. You know, now you have the success 
uh, lately a box. Um, I just think that you got to be north of 100. Well, well north. I don't think you, you go public at, at 70 million anymore, uh, but that's one person's opinion. Yeah. What, I think uh, you got to be well north of a billion dollar market cap to be, and the, and the reason is because you got to be above a billion dollar market cap. Otherwise, analysts won't cover you. You get sort of a dead zone. And with the SaaS multiples uh, having dropped, you've got to have your revenue up there so your SaaS multiplier gets you above a billion dollar market cap. Does that make sense? Did, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Hub, wasn't HubSpot at around 50 million and then they popped at what, 1.2 billion, I think? Uh, yeah, they were. No, they were. I think they were about 100 million ARR. Oh, okay. Um, if I recall. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm wrong there. Okay, great. Okay, that's helpful to understand. And then walk us through, you have so many customers, which means you have a great sample size, which is a luxury kind of in the SaaS space. Talk to us about things that really affect a lot of SaaS businesses like churn. What's your gross monthly customer churn? So our gross churn is actually quite low. It's less than uh, 2%. Okay. And our net churn is actually negative. So we have uh, expansion of our customers. And what is the number one? I mean, do you have a... It, it kind of tell us the number one driver of your expansion revenue you're driving each month. Is it a kind of a no-touch... Uh, uh, value-based upgrade inside the app via contacts, or do you have an inside sales team actively selling? We have an inside sales team that actively sells. Our account management team is awesome, and they help customers understand uh, how they can use us more in better, different ways. Yep, great, makes good sense. Uh, so, less than one percent, or sorry, less than two percent gross monthly customer churn, net negative churn. What are you willing to acquire to pay to acquire one of these customers? Well, again, it depends. We have such a wide range. Yeah, twenty cohorts. Um, so, if I if I look at the low end, we're willing to pay fifty dollars to acquire you know a premium customer. At the high end, when we talk about some enterprise accounts, we're willing to pay fifty or sixty thousand dollars. Yep. So we have such a wide range, which is a unique challenge. I was going to say, you are basic. I mean, I talk to SaaS companies all the time. Usually they're playing in one of these ranges, right? No, Never does anyone give me a range, a CAC range of $50 to 50 grand. <laughs> but it makes perfect right. sense with what you do because it just scales with, with size. It does. It yeah. does. And so it is a challenge. It is always a, qu- a constant question of focus. Uh, but uh, we got to constantly look at how we segment by customer and by product. Yeah, that no, makes good sense. Where are you guys based? Is the whole team based out there in Boulder? Yeah, we got some people in Denver, some people in Boulder, some people in Dallas, some people in Latvia, and some people in India. Okay. So we actually have a sort of global presence. And how many total team members? Uh, I think it's now up to 210 or 220. 210. Something like that. Very cool. And what date? Uh, so you said you raised 50 million. What date did you do your last round on it? What round was it? Series? What uh, seed? We announced in August of this year. Oh, so recently? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Congrats. And what was that? Your Series C? Yeah. It was $25 million financing. Got it. And what, uh, for, we have entrepreneurs on, I had, uh, Andy on from Wealthfront the other day, you know, they raised about 130 million, uh, kind of the FinTech space. He was able to tell us kind of in the FinTech space, how companies are thinking about valuation. You don't have to share what your valuation was, but when you went out, since you just did this so recently, how are investors in this space thinking about SaaS enterprise valuations? Um, yeah, so I think that there's, there's been a, an adjustment or a correction. I think that if you have, um, great growth rates, meaning over 100% year over year, you get a healthy valuation. That Are is you guys over that? Yes. Okay. So we're, we've always grown to over 100% every year. So you get basically somewhere in the you know, 8 to 12x multiplier um, effect on your revenues, on your forward-looking revenues on a pre-money basis. Um, and it varies by investor. And, you know, what are you stack up against your competitors? Um, now, some, some SaaS companies who aren't growing as, as well might get a 5 or 
six X multiplier. Got it. Okay, good. That's good to know. And you kind of mentioned competition. If you had to mention, you know, four or five kind of competitors who maybe do one thing that you do or are close to you, who else is kind of in the space that you're watching? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I think the main competitors we look at are um, Apple, Google, Microsoft in the generic offerings they have uh-huh. um, as that's sort of the, the baseline. Um, you know, LinkedIn kind of plays in our space a little bit, but they're much more of a walled garden and we're an open platform. Yep. Um, and uh, and then there's like in the high end enterprise space, there's com- there's MDM companies like uh, Informatica and maybe inside view that uh, are playing there at the very high end. What is the, I've never heard that term. What is MDM space? Master data management. So like uh-huh. your contact data would be a, a set of master data that you manage across multiple silos. Interesting. Very cool. Well, Bart, uh, as you continue building this business, I think people are going to want to follow you. You're killing it. Where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Well, just go to fullcontact.com or email me Bart at fullcontact.com. All right, guys, I talked about this earlier, but I schedule like so many meetings that would blow your mind. I mean, all my podcast interviews, right? Hundreds of entrepreneurs I talk to monthly, I schedule. And you know what? I do it so efficiently. I get them all to agree to my calendar. So all the calls are back to back to back. That means I'm not switching in between tasks all day long. I get them to batch so that I can be very efficient. It's so critical. And I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling to do this at NathanLacka.com forward slash schedule. It eliminates the back and forth between me and people I'm trying to meet with. It makes it very simple. And most importantly, they help me keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders. Helps you look very professional. So go to NathanLacka.com forward slash schedule to sign up and you get a great deal you know you guys know this i hit people hard i make great deals and gavin the ceo has given us a great deal if you sign up like normal people okay on their website you only get a 14-day free trial if you use my link nathanmica.com forward slash schedule you get 45 days free okay it's the best it's free go to nathanmica.com forward slash schedule right now to sign up and i'll see you there all right guys we'll link to that in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top forward slash again the top and uh bart let's jump into the last part of the show famous five these are rapid fire answers and quick uh, or sorry rapid fire questions quick answers you ready yep let's number, go. number one what's your favorite business book my favorite business book is hard thing about hard things by ben harwitz that's a good my favorite thing he says in that is uh if you're gonna eat shit don't nibble <laughs> <laughs> so true right yep. all right number two is there a ceo that you're following or studying right now Ooh, uh, I, I'm actually following and studying Warren Buffett quite a bit right now. Why? I just like his long-term thinking and approach, Interesting. right? I mean, it took 18 years to become a unicorn, uh, growing 18% year over year. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. Number three is their favorite online tool you have, like TopTal. Other than full contact. Other than you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I actually like uh, DocuSign a lot just because I sign a lot of contracts. Number uh, four, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? No. <laughs> okay, and you already told us what you said. You're 37 with a two-and-a-half-year-old? Yeah, yeah, two-and-a-half-year-old contributes to that. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> good. So last question, take us back 17 years, Bart. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? I wish my 20-year-old self knew about emotional intelligence, mindfulness, how to connect with people on an emotional level. And it's not about how smart you are. It's about how you make people feel. Guys, there you have it from Bart Lorang. It's about how you make people feel. He's building full contact. They've raised 50 
million bucks so far, have over 50,000 paying customers, over 2 million users. ARPU is around 200 bucks, less than 2% gross monthly churn, net negative revenue churn because they do a great job upselling. Tax big range from 50 bucks to 50K with his team of over 210 people between Colorado, Latvia, and India. Bart, thank you for taking us to the top. All right, thank you. If you enjoyed Bart today, go back and listen to Henry Shuck yesterday. They do 70 million ARR with their B2B SaaS company, Discover Org. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.